Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's go. Let's make it happen today. Screaming from the sidelines is back. We're one week into the NBA season. I'm your host, Greg Silver. Man, what a week of basketball it was. And today I am left feeling a little bit under the weather. I got to be completely honest because I was just screaming my face off this past weekend down in Santa Barbara watching my Gauchos play their rival in soccer. And man, what a fun time that was to be back there. But now we're back. We're focused on basketball and we're in recovery mode because sometimes screaming doesn't come. Uh, it's, it, it always comes with a price and uh, it's no pun intended as we're going to talk about some bets today. So we're a week into the basketball season. The Celtics don't miss a beat. Other statements from week one. We got a little bit of a slow start in Philly. Is James Harden back, however, because he's looking a little fitter. He's scoring a lot more, but a lot of other headlines too. We got the Celtics with Joe Missoula winning their first three games and them coming to life, coming off a of finals appearance. Damian Lillard looks like himself again, and Portland is out to a 4-0 start, also 4-0 against the spread. The Pelicans can't stay away from injuries on the unfortunate side of things. Zion Williamson suffered a hip contusion. Brandon Ingram is in concussion protocol, and Herb Jones is also out tonight as they are going to face Dallas in what would have been a great game to watch unfortunately injuries are plaguing new orleans early on in the season and also what's going on in utah because for a team that traded away their two stars and seemed like they were in the tanking zone they have shocked everybody getting out to a three and one start and winning their first three including uh, a game that lost me some money against the nuggets i wasn't sure why that spread was only seven and a half Thought Denver would cover that easily, but Denver having their early struggles on the defensive side of things and Utah took advantage of it. So what I want to do today in this episode will be rather short because we got games going on around the clock and the Warriors and Suns play tonight. That's a big one. I tweeted out some observations about potential picks there. If you're thinking on betting uh, the over under set at 227. And the spread right now is Phoenix favored by one and a half points at home as the Warriors go on the road for the first time this season. So let's do some overreactions and maybe some more valid claims along with this because everybody loves to freak out. Basketball's back. And I mean, freaking out is great, but not everything that's said out there or is that's floating around on social media is necessarily true. So I'm going to give you a few of my overreactions, and then we're going to move into the more valid claims. Well, the first one is that Doc Rivers is going to get fired, and that's actually something that's been going around. That turns out, according to Bet Online, our wonderful partner at Believe, that the odds after that opening game against the Celtics, Doc Rivers was the new favorite for first head coach to get fired, and the Sixers. They did get off to an 0-3 start. They finally won a game against the Pacers. But here's my thing. Let's not jump to conclusions just yet. 
I was really high on the Sixers. That was my pick to come out of the Eastern Conference. And if you're a concerned Sixers fan, that is totally okay and understandable. Right now, Philly is bottom 10 on both ends of the floor, offense and defense, with the only other team being the Oklahoma City Thunder in that category. And they seem to be a little bit in the tank zone as well. But it's really, really early into the season, and they've played four games now. Uh, Doc Rivers has been one of the very good coaches in this league for a long time. He is an NBA champion, and sometimes his achievements get overshadowed by the playoff disappointments. By the way, two of their losses were to the Bucks and the Celtics, who were arguably the two best teams in the opening week and probably the two favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference. So plenty of times to get things right here for the Philadelphia 76ers, but this notion that Joel Embiid can't play at an MVP level or they are just the same as what they were last year or that Doc Rivers is going to be gone, I think it's a little too early to be going there. Another one that I will fully plead guilty on this one is the notion that the Suns are toast. And that is literally a text that someone that I know might have sent, and I'm not going to name names. Uh, I'm so guilty of believing that they were done in the first half of their season opener. We talked about this on the last show with Kate Constable, saying how they had five months to think about the catastrophe of Game 7 against Dallas They were upset as the top seed in the West. It felt like their chance to go and finally capture that NBA championship after getting to the finals the year before. And I bet the Mavericks money line in that game, I was feeling so good. And then I was just shocked and a little bit sad about the money that I lost. But I'm happy for the Suns because they had that catastrophe hanging over them for five months, almost half a year and the whole offseason, and to see that they still have a little bit of power and a little bit of swagger to them to come back and not just let Luka Doncic and company walk all over them again, I'm very happy for them, and I think that it's going to make the Western Conference that much more competitive. Tonight, I mentioned there's Warriors at Suns, and uh, by the time you listen to this, it may have already been played or may just about to tip off or could be in the middle of the game if you listen to podcasts late at night. But, I, you know, it's kind of like the Western Conference Finals that we never really had last year. And I think it's going to help us learn more about both of these teams here early in 2022. The last one is another California team that I want to focus on in this overreaction phase, which is the idea that it's the same old Sacramento Kings because they're off to an 0-3 start. and. They're never going to make the playoffs. The streak is going to go on for a million more years. Look, 0-3 is not a good record, but I'm not completely panicking on the Kings. In fact, if anything, I'm a little bit encouraged by what I've seen. They're 2-1 and against the spread. And again, if you are caring about real basketball, I know that that means nothing when you're 0-3 in real life. But what it means for this podcast is that they are likely better than what the masses are giving them credit for keep in mind that Keegan Murray didn't even start the season with this team. He was in COVID-19 protocols and he missed the opener. They played the trailblazers with a healthy Damian Lillard. 
they faced the Clippers, and then they went to the Chase Center to face the Warriors. And all three of those games were pretty interesting at some point in the fourth quarter. So is this a playoff team? I mean, it's way too early to know. I have no clue, and it's very well that the Western Conference is so good that the Kings won't get into that top 10. But the fact that they're right there with other Western Conference opponents when the West is as stacked as it is, this is a great sign for Sacramento. And if you get a little bit on the luckier side with injuries or people missing time or COVID protocols or anything that could kind of screw up a team's chance that has little margin for error, if you're on the luckier side of that, I think the Kings are good enough to go make a run and potentially find their way into that top 10, uh, maybe even the playoffs, if not the play-in tournament. Although, given the teams that we have in the West, I would say it's unlikely. But I'm seeing growth from Sacramento. And if you are one of those Kings fans who I have so much love for, then that I'm happy for you. I mean, hang in there. Don't freak out yet. It's an overreaction here this early in the season. So... We cannot speak today. We learned a lot. And I think some claims that were made might not be in this overreaction category. In fact, they may be more on the, that's a fair point. That's valid. Uh, I don't think it's an overreaction at all. And the first one I would like to throw out there is that a fully healthy Pelicans team is a true threat in the Western Conference. I am not too concerned about their loss to Utah. They lost Brandon Ingram in the first half and Zion Williamson exited in the second half. And those are two of your three best players. Brandon Ingram, I feel like almost doesn't even get the credit he deserves because uh, CJ McCollum is so popular among uh, the media and coaches and because of the person he is and he's a true professional. And Zion Williamson is known as the young generational talent Brandon Ingram is capable of being the second best player on this team in a real contender and what they did to the Nets sent out a statement and for Zion Williamson in particular that's what I would like to call a big boy return it was a big boy return both he and Ben Simmons missed the entirety of the last season and what Williamson did was just go in there and bully him uh, I don't even think he shot that efficiently. In fact, I heard he was saying his mom was getting on him about needing to make more shots because so many of them were within six to eight feet of the basket. And so that was a great sign if you're the New Orleans Pelicans. What's not as good of a sign is seeing the injury that Zion Williamson suffered with his hip contusion, though hopefully it doesn't keep him out for too long. He will miss their next game up in Dallas. But I predicted the Pelicans to finish top four in the Western Conference, which I know might be a little bit ambitious when a lot of people are looking at the Warriors, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Nuggets, perhaps even the Timberwolves, maybe the Mavericks. But I really do think a fully healthy Pelicans team is a threat, and they showed that there early in week one. Curious to see if they can make it through the season without getting constantly plagued by injuries because uh, those forces have not been too kind to them here early on in the season. 
The second thing that I think is pretty apparent, and most people wouldn't argue with this one. In fact, I've been a little bit more positive on this team than a lot of my peers, but I would just say, despite the greatness of Kevin Durant, the Brooklyn Nets have serious flaws if they want to contend in this Eastern Conference. Even Kyrie Irving played well in their two most recent games, but their defense is really struggling. And right now they have the third worst field goal percentage defense. So take the Grizzlies game last night, for example, in which the Nets put up 124 points and KD and Kyrie each had 37. It's still lost by 10 because John Morant and Desmond Bain each had 38. And Ben Simmons, uh, he got bullied against Zion Williamson. He's still searching for his groove and he is fouling a lot, which is a concern. Now, of course, the real aside to this is that the foul that fouled him out against the Grizzlies with the video that's circulating online, uh, that was a beyond horrible call. And I don't understand why that constitutes a foul, but there were five other fouls that happened in that game. And he fouled out in not that many minutes in the first game. And so Ben Simmons, uh, I do want to believe in him. I think he's gotten a lot of hate for everything over the past couple of years. And at one point in time, I was very hard on Ben Simmons. But at this point, I just want to see the kid do well and find a way back into the game and hopefully find a new home in Brooklyn. I'm not rooting for anything bad to happen to the kid. So uh, Brooklyn... Yeah, I think there's a reason that a lot of my coworkers and I did not predict them to come out of the Eastern Conference. They're just a little too unpredictable, and they can't simply rely on the greatness of Kevin Durant to carry them all the way to a Eastern Conference Finals or a Finals or a Championship. The third statement, which I think is completely fair to say, one week into the year, and something I'm really excited about, is that this rookie class is legit. Obviously, you got Paolo Banquero, uh, 27, 9, and 5 in his first game. So he was the first player in their debut to go 25, 5, and 5 since LeBron James. He's also the first player to score 20 plus points in each of his first four games since Grant Hill did it in 1994. Other rookies are showing out as well. Benedict Matherin from the University of Arizona is scoring 22.3 points per game in his first four times on the floor. And then you got Jaden Ivey, Jabari Smith putting up numbers, showing that they belong on an NBA court. And then the other rookie that I mentioned a little bit earlier in the show, Keegan Murray, missed the opener, but he's flowing right into the Kings offense. And he didn't really miss a beat after sitting out the opener. I think he has uh, about 35, 36 points in his first two games. So guy that uh, really fits in nicely and is adjusting seamlessly into an NBA environment. Uh, I think there's going to be more rookies that show out as people get additional opportunities. I also think that something that is common is seeing a second half surge with guys like Trey young, for example, they kind of take some time to adjust to the league and they figure it out. So to already have these lottery picks playing the way they are with only more to come in the future, I am thrilled for this rookie class. And I think that we might have uh, more than a couple of future superstars here in this draft class. So those are some 
valid claims for the first week of basketball to counter some of those interactions. And I do want to move into a few picks for the week before we get on out of here. Uh, This first one is kind of a two-parter because after looking at everything, I wanted to come on here and say that the Boston Celtics would come down to earth at some point. And the reason I wanted to make that claim is because while they had the number one offensive rating through the first week and their first three games, they were just 25th in defensive rating. And that makes no sense for a team that was tied for first last year in defensive rating. And the very thing that made uh, their identity really. And that's why this young group went on such a surge in the second half of the year and got all the way to the finals. So I'm happy for Joe Missoula that he's gotten off to a nice start. But this 25th and defense thing is not sustainable. Usually when you look at talented teams like that, you're looking at playoff team, but not top four seed. And a lot of people shaking their heads thinking, why are they not winning more games? I think they'll turn it around because this team prides themselves on their defense, but it's not just like Ime Udoka left the team and then there were no problems. And what you saw is that it did happen. The Celtics last night lost in Chicago by a score of 120 to 102. Missoula got ejected in the third quarter. It was all ugly in the second half. And the Celtics, after that crazy hot start to the year, came back down to earth. So that was originally going to be my pick. But then I took some time to look at some numbers, some analytics, and their schedule And my new take is that the Celtics are going to bounce back in a huge way against the Cavaliers on Friday because they have four days in between their games. They get to go home, lots of rest, just had a stinker. So all of a sudden you're realizing, hey, maybe we're not so invincible. And there are a lot of things to clean up. And the Cavaliers shoot the ball, the three ball particularly, very efficiently to start this year. That is their big strength. but. The flaw I'm looking at is they're turning it over a lot. And this is a chance for Joe Mazzula and this young roster to go and regroup. So I actually like the Celtics to bounce back big against the Cavaliers. Curious to see what the line is and how it adjusts over the next few days. But if it's anything, uh, I would say inside of maybe five points, I would probably take the Celtics. If you're getting Celtics minus six, minus seven, that's a lot. And maybe I would go the other way. I certainly think they'll win the game straight up. And I think that they will get back to what they do best. Okay. Another pick for the week. I stuck up for the 76ers and I'm going to do it again right now because they have a chance to get right in Toronto. They did win a game. Finally, it was against the Pacers. But now you have two games in a row in Toronto, Wednesday at 4.30, Friday at 4.30. And this is a matchup that I think really favors Philly. So they met in the playoffs last year, if you recall. The Sixers got the better of them in the first round. It did end up going six games, but Philly got out to a 3-0 lead. And the way I see it is the cure for your defense being off to a slow start is face a team that shoot or that doesn't shoot rather very well from the outside. The Raptors are not a three point threat team. And so what this does 
theoretically is it shrinks the floor and it gives everybody a little bit less to have to worry about for the time being. Now, can the Raptors find their groove from beyond the arc? Yeah, of course. It's the NBA. Most of these guys can put up 30 points if they want to. But this is it for Philly. And you got two games, four game road trip coming up. And these are the first two. As of today, these are also the two teams that take care of the ball the best. And that's a big reason why Toronto can win games despite their lack of explosiveness on offense. But if the Sixers play up to their full potential, they should win both of these games. I'm not talking about the first. I'm talking about winning the first, finding the right adjustments to go and do it again on the road. And if they do that, I will be feeling a lot better about the current situation in Philly. The next day, they go and play Chicago on the road, second end of a back-to-back. They can lose that game all they want. But these two games, I I mean, they're big. And I believe they will win tomorrow. But depending on what I see there, I'll have my Friday pick up on social media at some point. Sixers have a chance to get right. I think Toronto is a place where they can surely do that. and. You know, Joel Embiid, this is an MVP candidate with an MVP level expectations. So it's time to turn it on. James Harden has shown flashes of his old self. Tyrese Maxey has a chance to expand his role. But this is really time for Embiid to go do what he does best and dominate a paint in a team that prides themselves on defense and taking care of the ball. Shatter their ego a little bit if you're that guy. Toronto? We'll see what happens. They defend home court well, and I'm not saying that Philly is going to go in there and guarantee win those two games, but this is a big chance for both of these teams, especially Philly, who started slow. My last pick for the week is a little bit more of a long-term one, but I like the Phoenix Suns to hold their ground at home because over the next 12 days, they have six home games starting tonight with the Warriors. and. After playing the defending champs, they get the potentially injured Pelicans. We'll still see if Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Zion are missing. So we don't know yet there. They get Houston Rockets, Minnesota Timberwolves, and then two revenge games against the Trailblazers on back-to-back nights. Suns are 2-1, and one, lost to Portland, and now they get them twice in their house. I don't know what to make of this team quite yet, but they're not toast like I may have thought during the first half of their season opener and I think they very well could win four games during this homestand maybe even five if they get the better of the Warriors tonight so stay tuned on Phoenix uh injury report for New Orleans is going to tell us a lot and these next two games for Phoenix are going to tell us a lot but still a competitive team in the West and I like them to take care of their home court and thrive in this six game homestand. We'll see about that. So just to review my picks, I got the Celtics bouncing back against the Cavaliers. I have the Philadelphia 76ers potentially winning two games in Toronto Wednesday and Friday. And then I got the Suns holding their ground at home. So that's going to do it for now. But if you want more picks or you have any specific things you want addressed, You can always come find me on social media. Uh, I will do my best to answer anything that you throw at me. And please, if you are listening to the show, 
Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, like, share with all your basketball-loving friends. And uh, even if I'm a little bit worn down today on the physical side, I just want everyone to know that it's always worth the screaming no matter what the price is here. So that's going to do it for this episode as we continue to head into more basketball, still trying to figure out how to work the schedule of releasing episodes as games are happening around the clock. But I'm having so much fun with the chaos so far, and I can't wait to keep going and keep screaming, even if my voice is just a little bit less than it was yesterday. Stay tuned for the next one, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.